0: Hey, sweet. hey, so welcome back, everybody. Today we have um, Coach Woodside, the assistant coach for the women's basketball team here at the college. Coach Woodside's also coached at Callis High School, Shriner University in Texas, and John Baps High School as well, coaching both uh, boys and girls and men at all different levels. Um, so, Coach, how are you doing? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Um. So, I, as I mentioned, um, you've coached at a variety of different levels, as I mentioned that quick intro. Um, I don't know if you want to kind of gloss over some of those maybe a little more in depth on those points and how your coaching journey kind of brought you from where you started back in 2013 to where you are now as the assistant at the uh, women's basketball here.
1: Yeah, sure. I'd love to uh, talk a little bit about the journey. Actually, uh, you know, coaching really for me started while I was still in school. Uh, I remember being in, in high school and I went back to my uh, grade school and uh, helped out sometimes with the, uh, the old team there uh, going into practices. And I always just really liked working with, other people. So I said, you know, I'm going to continue doing this. I did uh, recreation and AAU stuff all through college. So um, for my six years, I was in college, finish up my master's degree. I always uh, did either an AAU program during the summer and then recreation basketball uh, during the fall, winter, spring, um, depending on whatever was available. So uh, my first, <clears throat> quote unquote, you know, varsity, junior varsity position was at Callis, as you mentioned, uh, as a JV head coach and, and assistant coach uh, under Ed Lehman. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal coach. Um, Ed, you know, led the Blue Devils for, for nearly a decade, three state championships himself. They went to, to four straight um, and, and really learned a lot uh, that year underneath him. He re- retired, uh, took a new job within uh, JMG that, that really wouldn't allow him to, to t- take time to coach and, and let me step in while well, the school Thankfully, I uh, trusted me to step in. Obviously, it wasn't his choice, but yeah. school let me uh, take it over. And, and we had a really talented group, really senior-laden group. Um, as a coach, you know, you talk about kind of going into good positions. Uh, I couldn't have asked for for a better one uh, with the foundation that was laid uh, with, with that group and, and what Ed had done to prepare them. And, you know, we were able to win the state championship that first year. And that and was, uh, you know, kind of surreal. I had Played in the state championship as a player at Callis. I remember when I walked through the doors as a player, I told uh, Randy Morrison, who was the athletic director at the time, that we were going to win a state championship while I was there. That didn't happen while I was there. Uh, we we lost uh, our state championship when I was there. But um, I remember going up to him because he was still the athletic director when I was the coach. I said, well, I, I finally got that ball. I told you I was going to get. Um, <laughs> he never remembered having that conversation, but but I did. So that was pretty that was pretty cool opportunity um, you know, uh, to be able to be with School that you went to high school and to you know watch that group kind of work together, um, you know really really special. Uh, from there we had to, uh, the next year you know we weren't as talented. Um, obviously you know a lot of uh, all five of our starters either four graduated and one transferred schools. Um, so it was a it was a rebuilding year, but uh, equally as as enjoyable I I found because you had you know guys that really wanted to go out and and fight and compete and and we provided an opportunity. Um, you know, we were in every game. We had a tough time winning them, but we were, we were always competitive there. Uh, and I knew, you know, as that process was going that, man, I, if I could just have basketball be my full-time job, like that would be, that would be pretty awesome. That would be a pretty cool um, thing. And I, and I just had this kind of knack. And I remember when I was 19, uh, I had a Hall of Fame soccer coach. Uh, tell me that you know that wouldn't happen for me uh essentially he he told me you know, I wasn't playing college basketball so that wasn't going to be what I would be able to coach um and I remember taking that and I'm sure he said other things at that time um but you know soccer is my second favorite sport uh, something I, I really believed in right he said I'm not gonna do it so I was like oh what's next but I decided that wasn't uh, uh you know, at that moment, that second year, 2000, I guess it be 15-16 season, uh, you know, I was going to give it a shot. So I quit my full-time job and uh, packed everything into my truck and traveled across the country the summer of 2016. I was working for organization, PGC Basketball. Um, you know, my goal was I wanted to coach college basketball. And so I was going to use the PGC as a vehicle to go places and meet coaches and talk to them and apply for jobs. And I said, by the end of the summer, you know, someone will hire me um and you know it was a, a amazing experience you know I traveled um everywhere from Maine all the way across to California Washington um and uh, everywhere in between doing camps and, and meeting and to people and at the end of the summer uh, as you alluded to I was able to uh secure a job with Shriner um which was kind of a cool uh, opportunity that came about just because of someone I met um really I, it wasn't even actually something I applied for That's something maybe I'll talk about another time or a little later but um, pretty cool. Pretty cool experience to, to get that. Um, was at Strider for the year. We had a really awesome season. Won the first conference championship. First team to go from last place in the conference to first place in the conference. We set all sorts of records. Um, you know, coach really trusted me with a ton of stuff, which was awesome. You know, you could get put in that position and not really be given a lot. Um, gave me a whole set of recruits that I had to recruit. Uh, gave me, you know, duties for scouting. Gave me stuff I, I was fully in charge of our leadership development program and, and I got to really jump in full bore, um, which was awesome. And and I really enjoyed that experience. And you know, if it weren't for some some health changes in, in my family back here in Maine, I would have I would have stayed there for sure. Um, but there were some some changes and I felt a need to to get back home um, to be around here for some family. So uh, came back and I was fortunate enough to to pick up with the John Babs girl. So now I'm changing from the Boys slash men's side to now I'm gonna I'm gonna coach the the girls and and women's side and um, definitely a change uh, definitely a change and preparing another really talented team a team that uh, I would argue that first year probably is the the most talented uh, team in our conference and um, in, in our class B I, I thought we we definitely had all the pieces senior leading team but they are you know different than when I took over at Calus you know Calus I, I have a lot of the same philosophies as that. When I took over at BAPS, you know, I'm taking over for a different coach that I've never worked with. I don't you know. know And and so it took everyone a little little time to to get used to us. Um, We made it to the semifinals, lost to eventual state champions. Um, But, you know, that was really fun experience. And and I was there for three years until, you know, I got the teaching job here at St. Joe's. And really, uh, I reached out to Coach McDevitt just like, hey, would love to help. I'm going to be there as a teacher. I, I love coaching. I can't imagine life without it. And I was fortunate enough that the timing worked out for him that, you know, his assistant had just left and he needed somebody. And uh,
0: again, he kind of trusts me and here, here we are now. So long-winded, but that's kind of the journey. Well, I mean, it shows that you have all these, as I'm reading from your bio on the website and it talks about, you have the variety of different levels. Like you said, you've coached boys, men, uh, girls, and now you're back with women now at the division three level. Um, what would you say your style is like, I've seen you when I do play by play to watch the game to see you're up and down, you're always still holding the three up in the air getting the girls going. Um, what would you say your kind of style is among those girls, whether it's head coaching versus assistant coaching, or maybe it's changed from when you started to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I, I will say this. I, I'm definitely, well, I like to think I'm a better coach today than I was at, at day one. Um, just, just the amount of stuff I know. And it's like, the more, you know, the, the less, you know, type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and also, there's definitely a different style between being an assistant coach and being a head coach. Um, so as an assistant coach, I think my number one job is to be the energy and uh, kind of the, the good cop, if you will. right? Head coach has got to really focus on what we need to, to win. Um, I can be that person that comes in and really picks, picks somebody up or, or rephrases what the coach is saying to you in a, in a way that's going to make you feel good about yourself. Um, not that head coaches have ever been bad at telling them that I, I don't want to come across that way um, but their job is just like I need the result now and they, and they don't really have time to explain that to you whereas I you know when you're an assistant coach you can go up and be like hey this is what he means right or this is what you know you, you need to look to do here and so um, as you see you know as assistant coach I, I, I'm very enthusiastic and, and energetic and I really like to pick people up and, and I like to say myself as a positive uh, outlook now I do think that's Part of who I am as a, as a coach in general, um, enthusiastic and, and energetic, um, but I would probably be a little more subdued as a head coach than, than I am, uh, as he says, you, well, if, if you go back and watch film of, of me and other games, I'm, I'm always standing uh, and, I, and I am always um, animated. Um, I think when I look at my style as a coach, I, I want to look at the player first. I'm a, a player first person and, and really a person first, not even player first. I want to know about them. I want to learn about them. I want to develop them as whole people um, and whether I made them better on the basketball court or not uh, it's more important that I made them better as people. Um, so that's really comes into my, you know, leadership development programs that I've done in all the locations and, and trying to really develop the whole person, I think is number one. And then number two, I, I'm going to be the most prepared guy in the gym. Uh, I want to know what the other team is going to run. Um, and that's why they're an assistant or head coach. I'm going to yell out what they're going to run. And, and I really, you know, Pride myself in, in, knowing those things. I don't know if it's ever helped us win a game or not, but I never want to be unprepared. I guess.
0: Awesome. So I guess then, uh, as we talked about, like the variety and different things that you've done with different groups. Um, how would you say like the coaching is differs between uh, boys and girls versus like men and women? I know sometimes there is that question. Taking like coaching classes here with Coach Cause we talked about red things that sometimes there is a difference. I don't know how you see it. Cause like you've said, you've done it at different levels with different groups. Is it different or is it the same or is it just something?
1: Yeah. I think there are, there are differences and, and similarities for sure. Someone once told me, and I wish I could remember exactly who it was. Uh, I've talked to so many people. I don't want to give someone the wrong credit, but um, I was talking to someone as I was uh, planning on making the transition and they said, you know, they had done both and in their experience, Men had to battle before they bonded and women wanted to bond before they battled. And they were talking about like in practice, uh, you know, guys are going to get after it and and they're going to, that is almost like a rite of passage in the way that they come together. Right. We go out, we fight, and then, you know, you smile, right. You you see that in um, rugby a lot, right. They're just beating just the (laughs) crap out of each other. And then they go have beers together. Um, You know, it's just kind of that rite of passage where uh, girls want to, bond a little bit get to know each other before they're going to battle um, and i you know i was like oh, geez, I, I don't know it's true and I, I definitely have seen that like it's really important um, to to develop that with that i also think like when i introduce ideas of, of team building and, and development outside the court um, my female players have been quicker to be like oh great let's do it right they've been on board with that Whereas the guys sometimes are a little bit, nah, I'm, I'm kind of too cool for that. They have this, uh, you know, I, we don't need that. I'm too cool. Uh, I think everybody, once they buy into it and do it, develops. But I, I've noticed that that biggest difference. The other biggest difference for me is the I, I know attitude. I like to think like I know attitude in the sense that um, a lot of the, the male players I've, I've coached they already know right no matter what i tell them they already know i know the answer you know i've done this stuff like that yeah i've I've got it right um and uh you know i've really enjoyed working with you guys because if i present something to them they're willing to try it right it's not like well i know better someone else said this someone else said that um they're willing to try whatever you have presented to them in my experience so far and that's been really uh one of the biggest differences is guys essentially want to you to explain why like why should I do that what makes you and then you can even show them why and they still think they know better because they're you know AU coached it this way or they're you know they saw Kobe do something so you know but they don't realize is they weren't in the gym as much as Kobe was but um, you know so, so that's been you know some of the some of the differences is just the willingness to uh, kind of do some of that bonding stuff before battling and then I think just the, the willingness to to be be coached um, and I guess the last piece I'll say is I have found, again, this is my experience and I never want to generalize because every uh, person is unique, but, and, and so far I've had to do more kind of bringing the ego down when it comes to the male players because they really, you know, they already think they're here. sometimes it's like, hey, you're not as good as you think you are. We need to still do the work versus most of my female athletes are better than what they think they are. And so I spent a lot of time pumping them up to remind them like, you're, you're really good. Like you're you're really really good. I I I don't need to tell you this. Like I don't know why you don't believe, but go. Like you're you're really good. And so that's that's been a difference in my experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna say because I've I've read articles where it's like oh it's the same, or other articles where you've talked about it's that that battle where the guys will battle then um, be more friendly with each other versus like the ladies who need to become more friendly before they go to battle. Just the different. Um... Ways that it happens. Another issue, or not, not an issue, but topic that I know people have touched on is that idea of AAU. I know you talked about when you were coming up, you did a little bit with AAU, and then you mentioned kind of like the players doing AAU and sometimes how that, do you see that, maybe issue is not the right word, but do you think AAU, if you can do it, is a great uh, opportunity to get coach to see you, or are you more of a stick with your town kind of thing and go from there?
1: Um, so I think... You need to be good first. If you're good, coaches will find you regardless of where you play. So, if you're actually, I had a dad asked me this once, just as I was I was recruiting and uh, at an event, and this was someone who uh, I, we weren't recruiting as a kid, but he just happened to see me out there and, and asked me a question like you were asking, you know, Is this all really worth it? Uh, and I said, You know, when a player's good, we already know. So, most events that we go to as coaches, we've, we've looked at players ahead of time, we've talked to coaches, they've told us who, who should we look at. And so then you think about the fact that, okay, we're going to go to so many games and, and there are seven, eight, 10 courts going on at once. So you might stay at a court at most for a half of a game, right? A half of a game enough. So the players that you talk to see you, and then maybe you'll see a couple other, other people along the way. So that means you've seen maybe 20 minutes of basketball. How much is that player on the court and, and what do they do in that 20 minutes? It's very little. So if you don't already have skills, um, it, it really isn't going to help you. Uh, I, I don't think that's the only, especially with social media and video and, and those things. Like, I don't think it's the only way to get seen. So, if people are playing AAU just to get seen, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's necessary. I, that's that's my personal belief. Now, as someone, if you're choosing to do AAU because you want to continue to play, you enjoy the, the camaraderie, you you know, enjoy some of the competition that you get. Yeah, that's great. Sure, uh, you ha- if your family has the money to do it. Um, absolutely. But I don't think that's the only way to get to college sports, um, is, is playing those, those situations.
0: How is, uh, as we've seen in people that watch the game and stuff, they see coach, coach McDevitt gets very fired up, very animated. How is it coaching with him? Is it a difference? Do you see, did get to see different side of him or things like that? I know I've seen in practice, he kind of lets you do a lot of stuff at practice and, like I said, he, you talk to the girls while he kind of watches the game, as you mentioned. So how is that relationship working with you kind of almost falling into like his lap, in a sense, with you coming to work here? Yeah, I mean, it's,
1: it's been great so far. Obviously, I mean, Coach McDevitt is a, a phenomenal coach. His name's, name's on the court for a reason, um, almost at 600 wins, probably will hit that at some point next, um, next year, um, if not the following one. Um, so, so the guy knows basketball. And this has been a different year. Uh, so, so, you know, we've had only the six games, um, you know, it's been a little different, but you know, I, I, I love work with him because, you know, for me, uh, from the day one that we started talking, like I was able to throw out ideas, he was able to, you know, take some in, we've implemented some, something we haven't, right. We've had conversations back and forth. That's how it's always going to be as an assistant. Um, your job is to have those conversations with your head coach, um, share what you're thinking, And ultimately like everything falls on them. That's one of the things I've realized as a head coach. So you know that if they choose not to do it, it, it's not because you were wrong or they don't agree. Like that's just not the way they see it and and that's okay. Um, There's more than one way to get to the end. And so, you know, those are those moments to to have disagreements in behind closed doors. And then as soon as you hit the court with the team you're on the same page. So even when I have those moments, I get to go talk to the players as they come off the floor. I'm never disagreeing with what coach McDevitt is saying. I'm just saying it in a different way. Right. And that's a way that, um, you know, maybe in that moment, that's what that player might need to hear, or at least the way I think they might need to hear it. Right. Uh, and it's coming from, you know, he gets to be fiery and, you know, Hey, you know, you're better than this. Just straight, straight up. You're better. Play better. We need more. Right. And I get to go say, Hey, you're, you're a 20 point scorer, man. Like just go out and be a 20 point scorer. <laughs> You're the best shooter out here, go shoot, right, and so we're saying the same thing, but the the tone and everything gets to be different, and it's just that, hey, I'm, I'm here to support you in that way, and and so that's my role as the assistant, and I love it, and again, I love working with Coach McDavid. I've been incredibly fortunate in all stops that I've been an assistant to work with a head coach who is willing to give up so much of the control in different areas, so as I mentioned, like coach Lehman, you know, let me do stuff in practice and and lead things in practice there and call things out. Um, And even in his final season, I I coached an entire game when he gave me, you know, sat up Um, coach K same thing when I was at Shriner, you know, gave me all those things. Now you've got coach McDevitt who I have, you know, people that I talk to as recruits, I I'm doing video breakdown and doing planning for what we're going to do against the, the other teams. And he's allowing me to, you know, Hey, take care of subbing and talk to people when they come out, right? Like so I'm intimately involved in what's going on and that definitely makes it fulfilling as an assistant coach. But I would say, you know, if anyone's listening and they want going to be in that role of assistant coach, part of that, and I think part of why those, all those people have trusted me is because I'm prepared. Um, and so they know when I talk to them and I share things with them, that that shows the preparation. And so then they're willing to give me uh, things. And if I wasn't prepared and I you know, wasn't ready for that moment, then, then maybe I wouldn't
0: have been so lucky there. Um, have there been any I guess mentors I know um, we do, I have you in class and we met uh, president Cass who I assume is one of those mentors you mentioned coach Lehman have there been a couple uh, guys like that or even ladies that have kind of um, shaped the way that you are and towards this uh, coaching role that maybe you've taken points from things like that to build who you are today kind of thing
1: oh absolutely and I think you know uh, we can learn from everyone we interact with um, whether they're they're a mentor or not I've, I've learned from players from From coaches, Uh, obviously, I've mentioned, you know, um, as a coach, uh, Coach Lehman did a lot for me, I I would say, even looking back at my own coaches that I had, um, Coach Ogden, um, Coach Gupta and my soccer team like I I think about some of the things I learned from them and their style that has influenced as any basketball coach will tell you, you know, reading about what Coach Wooden does, like that is something now I, I don't have an interaction with Coach John Wooden in person, but, you know, reading about the stuff that he shares are things that, you know, I think about, hey, I want to use some of this stuff, right? Listening to um, Coach Brad Stevens and, and the stuff he's done, both at Butler and, and with the Celtics, you know, there's things that I, I want to, to emulate, so I take from that. Um, coach, you know, Coach Deere um, was the individual who, got me the job, essentially a Shriner told coach uh, Kirk and all that, Hey, this is the guy you need to hire. You know, I, I took a lot of those conversations. So, you know, I, it, when it comes to coaching, there probably hasn't been just one it's, it's every coach I've interacted with and, and taking, you know, some of these ideas um, that they have coach TJ Rosine, uh, you know, Adam Bradley talked about TJ Rosine and, mm-hmm. and uh, him and he, he's, you know, a major part of PGC and I've, you know, had chances to sit down and talk with, TJ and, and a phenomenal coach, and you know, things that you can just pull and learn. And I think uh, as a young coach, like I, I choked in my class today. Asked who who's read a book, and, and nobody nobody raised a hand that's read a book. Done. she was not really super surprising, but you can you can get so much from that. Like I have, you know, looking over here, I've got Urban Meyer, John Calipari, Tim Tebow, Coach Wooden, Coach Wooden, Coach Wooden, a few PGC books, Inside Out, The Carolina Way, uh, Coach Soszyski book. I mean, I've got a variety of these things and, and, you know, learn from those that are, that are the top of your game and, and you're not going to take everything, but you might take something. Um, So, yeah, there definitely been a lot of great leaders and and great coaches that have given me some, some good insight. And, you know, I think one that, you know, probably undersold a little bit um, athletic director, Rick Sinclair at at Herman, you know, he said something to me, uh, I think it was last year that really has stood to me um, and, and about that importance of um, listen to criticism from, from people that you'd seek advice from uh, Davo Sweeney quote, you know, I, I don't accept you know, criticism for someone that I wouldn't seek advice from. Uh, and, and he shared that with me, I was, I was struggling with some, some parents and some of the things that they were uh, saying to me. And he's like, well, why, why does their opinion matter? They're not someone that you'd ask advice for. So, you know, why there, and that's, that's definitely been a important lesson most recent.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I can, I could imagine parents. Um, is that some, is that a battle that you've had a lot, maybe more at the high school level and the college levels? And I mean, I, I don't think parents are always bad, but I mean, you sometimes there are just the parents that kind of get on you or think they know um, what to do kind of thing. Has that ever been like a big issue or? Yeah. So I'll start with,
1: I, I've had some phenomenal parents as well. Right. So I've had some, uh, right. we're going to talk about some of the ones that are challenging here, but I want to preface that with there have been some absolutely phenomenal people that you can count on to to do anything, and, and it's really important at that high school level because you need them. They're the ones that get your student back and forth. Uh, they're the ones that that uh, you know make sure that you can have your your game. They're the ones that help other people get there. They host team events. They you know they put a lot of money and time into it, and so um, definitely have had some some great ones. I haven't had uh, really any interaction with parents as it comes to college players other than during that recruiting because you're talking to them about the school and that stuff but once they're there you're dealing with adults right players are adults and so the parents for the most part you know they they stay on their side but I have definitely had um, some parents uh, at the high school level that are very involved and very particular about the way they want to do things and, and very singularly focused and in a sense of what they believe is best for their child and like I, in, in a sense, understand, right, that's their number one focus is their child. Um, and they're not seeing everything. They're not seeing what goes into and, and oftentimes, you know, they want to defend and, and protect their children, because that's their job as parents. But, but uh, what they sometimes forget is that athletes, I've done this, I'm sure you've done this, when they're frustrated, they want to just voice their frustration after a practice. Um, and they might not really have anything more than being frustrated. Like I, you know, right now I hate the coach today, but you don't really hate the coach. You're just upset because, you know, something happened in that moment. Um, and, and I've had just some parents that are, are quick to respond to that and feed into that. And it is not necessarily helpful for, for the player or, uh, or for, for the coach. So I've definitely dealt with that more. And I think, you know, anyone that's going to be a high school coach needs to understand like parents are a part of it um, and you need to have a plan for how you're going to interact with them and how you're going to work with them. Um, because you can't just ignore them you can't just say hey i'm not talking to Paris." that's not an option either Um, that's that's definitely an option but you definitely need a a plan of attack for for how communication will go between you and how can you be proactive in dealing with some of this stuff versus waiting for for an issue to come up.
0: i guess uh, another question i have is everything stops or you have any um you have all rain i mean that's not the right word but you can have any dream job that you want, whether that's coaching, whether it is uh, what's that job look like and where it is. Even if they're even if they're, that position's filled right now, you just get slotted in there tomorrow, kind of thing. Uh, where's that job?
1: You know, this is gonna sound Pollyanna or like I'm I'm making this stuff up, but it's not like I, I, I have it right now. I have it uh, here at St. Joe's. Like I I get to teach um, sports management with you know students that you know are pretty excited about it, and and I think you know, uh, engage with me pretty well. I really enjoy that teaching and, and working in that atmosphere. I get to coach a, a great group of, of players, you know, that are just dying to, to get better, right? I hadn't I, I have one time this year where I thought, man, you know, people didn't want to be here. And, and there, this would have been an easy year for a player to think I didn't want to be here. And I think I uh, look at some teams and talking to some um, you know, athletes on campus that some players on their teams did feel that way. And I, I never felt that way in, in one of our practices or games or um, even as we were building up that someone thought, you know, like that person doesn't want to be here today. Um, I, and I never got that feeling. So that was really nice. Uh, and then in addition to that, I get to be a part of that leadership academy with Coach Constantino and I, I really enjoy. And so uh, I say like, what, what's that perfect job? You know, this is what I wrote um, when I said, you know, you could do anything, you know, what would you do? It's a, I'd be teaching, coaching, and, and doing a leadership academy. So um, hopefully this is, you know, what I get to keep um, for a while. I imagine Coach McDevitt, uh, hopefully will, you know, coach for another decade or so. And, and um, you know, I, then I can stay there. And then maybe, you know, maybe after he retires again, decade or so down the road, uh, maybe the school will decide to, to let me slot in and, and keep doing the, the same thing or whoever comes in lets me stay on doing that stuff. But um, I, I definitely enjoy being able to do all three because it, it challenges me in different ways, um, allows me to tap into some skills and, and potential in different ways. And I, I have never had aspirations of, of coaching at a higher level than Division Three. I, I really like the model of Division Three, where I think it truly is about the student athlete. Uh, and I think as you get higher, um, the athlete becomes a bigger part of what you're doing. Um, and, I, and I love people that do that, but that's just not for me. I, I really love working working with the athletes. And I love being in a small school where I know everybody.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Um, it's, it's a great fit too because this D3 week this week. So good, good little plug there for D3 week. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I'm i glad I could, you know, give a positive <laughs> plug for it. Definitely. Um, I guess the, the final, it's more of a fun question. I, you went to UConn and um, I grew up watching UConn basketball. It's all my mom ever let me watch. She was a big UConn woman. So do you have a, Ru- a Mount Rushmore we'll do players of just combined men and women's basketball, um, of what your Mount Rushmore run would be. It's, you know, it's kind of a tough one. I was sitting for UConn, with, there's so many good players. Yeah, I was talking with Devin earlier and I was like, I could name like five just women basketball players that could be uh, on that list.
1: Yeah, and you gotta choose just four. Um uh,
0: yeah.
1: well, so I, I have personal ties with Kemba, right? In yes. the sense that I, I went to that final four, I was there for that championship run. And you know, I'll, I'll forever, uh, forever love Kemba and, and the way he goes. So that he's he's got he's definitely up there, right? He's he's up there in Yukon, lore. Um, I, I think you know, geez, because the women, <laughs> I mean, Stewie's up there. Um, uh, you know, oh, got gotta gotta be there. Um, four you know four years, four championships, four most outstanding players. Uh, you know, you can't you can't only get one, better than that. only only Division better than One player that. to ever do it. Yeah. I mean, there are so many good players. I feel like no matter what you're going to, you're, you're going to let out. I'm going to choose Maya Moore, again, yep. because it's someone that, um, you know, I, I saw as a student and, and so as I was a master student, she was at school. She was in a couple of the classes we had. Um, one of the, you know, just most humble athletes. I love what she's doing um, yep. now. You know, she decided to, to leave basketball to, to pursue some of her social justice change and I, I think you know that just speaks to that'd be like LeBron leaving right He's one of the best yeah, players and just exactly and so go there and then uh, I'm gonna go you know another one on the, the men's side which is really tough because I started watching I remember when I started watching UConn was in 1999 when they beat Duke uh for the championship yeah and and that was a you know phenomenal year and then you got the 2004 run um, and that's why I'm gonna go with a Mecca. I'm gonna go with a Mecca Okafor. Um, yeah. and that's 2004. Run. Now it's tough. Cause you got Rip Hamilton, you got Khalid Alameen, you got Ben Gordon and that, I mean, so many good players, but I'm going to go with a Mecca again. Uh, I think a great example, three years graduated in three years, um, you know, has given a lot back to the Yukon community, um, helping support the the Husky sport program, which is a program that works with inner city, uh, youth and, and providing sport opportunities for them. And so, um, beyond just what they do for basketball that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna include both Maya and, and Emeka but I mean we we could just fill out you know all of the Rocky Mountains with with some of the greats I mean you're leaving that means we're leaving off Diana Taurasi yeah
0: it's
1: it's not even fair uh, it's not even fair
0: we're <laughs> leaving off. awesome well I guess the final thing is if you I know you mentioned preparedness early on but do, if you have any other advice for let's say someone that's let's say my position in college, looking for those next steps or someone that's a little bit younger, maybe just starting their uh, journey into college or high school that want to be a coach or in that athletic department, what's what's some advice do you uh, maybe have for them? Yeah, I think anyone that would be like in your position, that's
1: already a college athlete, you have such a great opportunity um, going forward. I know this year has been a little different, but You go to all these schools, you have an opportunity to start making connections right away. So every time you go to a school, you should talk to the other coach. You should introduce yourself to the coach. You should introduce yourself to the AD. um, And you should share that that is something you're hoping to do, being involved in. And uh, hey, just want to know if you had any advice. Or I'd love to talk to you another time, you know, if if this isn't the right time. A lot of times we get to games and events way before uh, anything has happened, right? And these are the people that could be your future bosses. Um, Awesome time to network. Awesome time to network. Um, beyond that, again, look to network outside of of that. I think that's huge. Can you build your network beyond your small circle? Can you reach out to people? There has never been a time where people are more accessible. Everybody is on social media. Everybody's contact information is out there. You can be accessible. Uh, You can reach anybody. You could find anybody, right? And so you've got to, you know, find ways to reach out and add value. Um, You have the ability to um. provide things yourself so so what are you doing as I said with players in AAU right you got to get better before you get seen what are you doing as a as a young professional to get better before you're seen you know when I think about basketball specifically have you watched film have you broken down film yourself have you drawn up plays have you looked at what that team runs so if the coach talks to you and, and you start you know conversing to him about things that they've done you sound intelligent, you know, you know, that, that side of things and each sport has its own unique stuff. So know your sport, right? Know um, your sport. I, I couldn't go sit down with a track and field coach and be able to talk about that because that, that's not my sport. Um, and, and so I wouldn't try. I, you know, I might talk about, you know, ask them things, but make sure you know your sport um, and, and build your network. And then third, um, and, you know, never think that, you know, don't limit yourself, I guess is where we're going to go. Right? You don't need to limit yourself um, because, hey, I'm not a Division One athlete, so I can't coach Division One. I'm not this, you know. The, both Mark Few and, and uh, Scott Drew, the two head coaches for, for the teams in the national championship, neither of them played college basketball. Um, so, you yeah, had the, the national championship team, like, if you know the game, you know it. So don't limit yourself, but just know that you, you're going to have to be prepared. You're going to have to take time. Um, if you want to get into the, the college coaching game, it's low paying, and it's long hours, and it's going to be hard work. And so you have to know that going in, you're going to probably have to have a side hustle to, to cover it. Um, but if you're just interested in, in coaching on the side, yeah, you know, working in high school is a great level too. Uh, so, so definitely don't uh, turn your head at any opportunity and, and take advantage of those that you can have along the way.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thanks coach. I uh, definitely appreciate you coming on and Uh, letting us get to meet you a little bit. Um, Really appreciate it. Yeah. Love talking about it. Thanks. Thanks for
1: inviting me on. I always enjoy talking about coaching.